give our criminals much punishment, but we sure give them plenty of publicity. Will Rogers. Violent Vice contains graphic and or explicit content, which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Violent Vice. My name is Audie Griffith. And I'm John John. Hello. Hello. If you guys could do us a favor, give us a review, leave us five stars. We'd really, really appreciate it. It helps on the business end. And happy episode 50. We made it through so many episodes so far. We did. We did. I like how we kind of just started this on a whim, and we're already, like, half a hundred. This is crazy. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So, we got a treat for you guys today, and and you'll also Mm -hmm. receive something bonus-y also released today. What? Yeah. There's gonna... I never signed off on that. <laughs> There's going to be two episodes released today. Hooray! Uh, hooray. So stick around for some fireside tales after this. We'd oh, really, really okay. appreciate it. I get to torture John John and spook him a little. So That's not fun. Yeah. That's not fun. No, it's terribly fun. Terribly fun for me, at least. No, no, no. Yeah, so grab a glass of wine for that and stick around and listen to some spooky tales. But I do have some announcements, too, by the way. Um, Announcements? Yeah, our merch store is up. So head over. It is up. So head over to violinvice.bigcartel.com. Again, that's V-I-L-E-A-N-D-V-I-C-E dot bigcartel.com. And we have an old logo sweatshirt, the new logo t-shirts and tank tops, and some stickers. So if you guys have any merch ideas or stuff you want to see, send us a message and we might make that work. Oh my gosh. This, Audie, we've got got t-shirts. We do have t-shirts and stickers. We've got tank tops. We do have tank tops and sweatshirts. We have so many clothes options. We do. We do, we do. Oh, my God. So, All that's left is some pants, and we have, like, a full outfit. Yeah, we need a funny saying to put on the pants or something, but, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so let's get on to today's episode, which is... Hooray. Hooray. So we had good reviews from the last two times that we've done this. So we are revisiting Funny Crimes. So Funny Crimes Part 3. I love Funny Crimes. This is going to be great. Yeah. No scariness. No freaky stuff. No Maybe some freaky stuff. But nothing bad freaky. Uh, no scary stuff for John John. Uh, at least this episode. But next episode, beware. <laughs> uh, I don't like that. I love it. 
All right. So are we ready to get on to our first funny crime? Oh, heck yeah. All right. So this one is called Legoland License. So a UK driver who was arrested for recklessly driving had officers and stitches after producing a license from Legoland. The driver. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get into it. The driver was pursued from Bexley to the Isle of Sheppey and arrested for a multitude of offenses last week according to a tweet from the Kent Police RPU, which apprehended the 21-year-old motorist in February following an epic chase. The fiasco began after officers attempted to pull over an Audi A7 as they have observed maneuvering recklessly all over the road near Bexley, SWNS reports. However, the driver refused, resulting in a 35-mile chase that took them from southeast London to Kent. They were even forced to call in a police helicopter to aid with the pursuit. Eventually, the pursuing officers cut up with the knucklehead in Minster, Kent, after he ran out of gas, whereupon they found a large stash of marijuana in his car. And that was only the tip of the iceberg. When the officers asked... The Sheerness native for his documentation, he brandished a fake license he'd received from Legoland in Windsor as a kid in 2003. This award is gifted to children who pass the theme park's driving test, which entails using a brick-built electric car to navigate traffic lights, roundabouts, Lego policemen, and even a speed camera per uh, Legoland's website. So that was like pretty close to a legit license that you can get as a kid. Yeah, it's just like a license you get at Legoland for driving around like an RC car. Yeah, that... Okay, there might have been logic behind his choice, but not, you know, sane logic. Oh my god. Yeah. So cops joked in the tweet that said, The hashtag Legoland license was not a reason for the driver's dangerous driving. The large amount of cannabis was. Along with not having a bona fide driver's license, the Lego maniac also had a lack of insurance. The miscreant was subsequently arrested at the scene of the suspicion of the dangerous driving, failing to stop possession of a Class B drug, and driving with no insurance, and then also driving with no valid license, policeman spokesman said. His reported been released on bail until September 1st when his trial was. So yeah, if you wanted to kind of further read into Legoland's driving school, you can visit their website and uh, they should have a driving school little tag. Uh-huh. And it's at the Legoland Resort in Windsor. Oh my god. Okay, so high speed chase. High speed chase. Ran out of gas. Ran out of gas. A pound of weed? Um, I... Or just, like, excessive amounts of it? I believe it was just an excessive amount. They just said a large stash. And the chase was for 35 miles. Mm-hmm. And it was recklessly driving, so, like, all over the well, place. It was high speed, and, yeah, just... The need of a helicopter suggests that there were a lot of other cars around as well. Besides driving through London to Kent. I'm imagining that that's a pretty busy road in general. 
Yeah, I, I assume so. And after all of this, the cops come up to the car. Yep. Ask him for his license, and he hands him a thing from Legoland. Yeah, from 2003 when he was a little kid. Well, not only would it be expired if it was from 2003, because I'm pretty sure it would be expired regardless of it being from Legoland or anywhere else at that point. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was just funny. A Legoland license. The question is, why did he have that on him? I don't know, a cute trinket. Um, you know, how people keep, like, photo keepsakes in yeah. their wallet. He kept a uh, Legoland keepsake in his wallet. Yeah, but he didn't have an actual license. No, he did not. And Wait, he was driving a car. With no insurance. That, do you think that he might have thought that that license would have just, like, gotten him through in some way? I don't think so. Oh, no. I think he was just high and then didn't grab his license. That does sound like someone who is not sober would do something like that. Okay. All right. Wow. Yeah. So on from Legoland license, let's move to our next case. So police issued an arrest warrant for a man in southwest Texas who had been seen on a viral video opening a container of Blue Bell ice cream in a Walmart and licking the contents before returning it to the freezer. The arrest warrant was issued for 24-year-old Deadrian Anderson, who authorities say posted social media video of himself licking the ice cream and putting it back. Walmart surveillance cameras show that Anderson did eventually take the Bluebell ice cream out of the freezer and buy it, which isn't captured in the social media video. However, Jefferson County District Attorney Bob Worthman told KFDM-TV the store was forced to dump its entirety of Bluebell ice cream at a considerable cost. This guy loves publicity, even if it's for the wrong reason, said Worthman. This can lead to bigger and worse things. If we're going to save this guy, we have to do it with the case or he's going to go over the hill. The warrant charges Anderson of criminal mischief and a misdemeanor punishable up to a year in jail on a $4,000 fine. The incident happened Monday night in a Walmart in Port Arthur, Texas. In July, cops busted a 17-year-old girl who licked a Bluebell ice cream container and bragged about it on Instagram as well. Just licking it and putting it back. No. Yeah, some people are gross. But, yeah. I mean, he did eventually buy it. It was still just, you know, the publicity. Like, it was like a, a publicity stunt or like a essentially just something to get views. Yep, and since people were freaking out about it, you know, the store did have to dump their stash just to be safe in case he grabbed mm. a different one or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so kind of going closer to home, motorists in Minnesota take heed. Only live human passengers qualify for the highway carpool lanes. A trooper spotted a skeleton in a vehicle in Maplewood on Interstate 35 East. After a trooper pulled over the driver, he noticed that even the skeleton was buckled improperly. The boating passenger was wearing a purple hooded sweatshirt. The motorist thought dressing up a skeleton would be a good way to illegally use the Minnesota Pass car pulling. The state patrol posted on Facebook, guess what? Only human passengers qualify. The police joked on Facebook, we've heard of having skeletons in your closet, but skeletons in your passenger seat? Ridiculous. So, 
you know, driving through the cities, how there's that special lane. Yeah, I, I know what that's talking about. And, like, it is frustrating not using that when it is completely open. And, you know, you're going to go past a lot of these things. But I, I don't know. I kind of would give him brownie points for trying. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a creative way, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It... And it's just like, do you just... Somebody reported that in a rearview mirror, or did they police see that? And then just like, there, that was a skeleton. We gotta run this guy down. I think because they weren't buckled in, because it said the skeleton was improperly buckled. So I'm assuming mm. that the driver did not have a seatbelt on. Hmm. So they pulled him over because he wasn't properly buckled, and then they discovered it was a skeleton. Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're going to put a skeleton in your car, you might as well put the seatbelt on. Yep. Properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the hoodie was a nice touch, though. It I, was... I, I would think that was a pretty solid touch. It was a really nice touch. Now, John, John, this next story is something. <laughs> it's something. It's something. It's something. Okay. All right. So many serious crime stories start with a pet like a cat, though this is definitely not one of them, even though cats are definitely involved. In a town in England, it was reported in January of 2016 that someone was accosting cats and shaving the fur off them. Even though we can't think of any convincible reason as to why anyone would do that, two cats were found with big patches of missing fur, as though someone had a trimmer and wanted to do something with it, but wasn't very good at it. The cats were understandably left shaken by the whole ordeal. The cats weren't hurt in any other way, suggesting that the shaving may have just been the ultimate goal. The questionable motives of the assailant aside, it wasn't the first time someone had shaved a neighborhood cat. The locals remember another case around a year before when a different cat was found to have been mysteriously shaved in a similar manner. Whoever the serial cat shaver may be, we sure hope they get caught soon so that we can at least understand their motives a little bit better. So an update from 2018, a year later. The Cotswold cat shaver returned his attacks this summer. Two years after terrorizing pet owners in England, a mysterious individual who kidnaps and shaves cats has appeared to return. The twisted miscreant dubbed the Cotswold Cat Shaver made headlines back in the March of 2016 when an astounding 12 cats in a small region of England seemingly vanished and then reappeared with patches of fur missing. At the time, the case was serious enough that the RSPCA launched an investigation into the cat shavings but came up short in search for a culprit as the incidents came to an end shortly after the story received widespread attention. At last, however, if new reports coming out of the region are to be believed, the Cotswold cat shaver has come out of exile and is on the prowl looking for new victims. Residents in several towns throughout the area say that their cats have reportedly been discovered supporting inexplicable bald patches similar to the victimized felines of 2016. One dismayed cat owner lamented that her furry friend Tabby disappeared for a day and returned home with her removed from her leg and stomach. Whatever happened to the animal during its abduction was apparently rather traumatic as her owner says that the cat had been acting erratic and aggressive ever since she came home. 
Perhaps in an effort to quell the community's concerns, one area of veterinarian argue that these bald spots are simply the result of over-grooming by the animals and not the work of a sinister cat shaver. I think that you're covering up for something. However, pet owners have had their cats fall into the clutches of the shaver, say that it is hard to believe since it appears to be something unnatural and almost deliberate about the patches. That said, the most vexing question coming out of the story may simply be why. Cat shaver exists, they are tormenting these animals in such a bizarre fashion. And even more worrisome, what they may do once the novelty of weird crimes wears off and they evolve from shaving cats into something even more unsettling. So all of these cats disappear for a day and then reappear with just patches missing. Yeah. I mean, if I saw some pictures of the cats and stuff like that, I might be more inclined to lean with what the vet says about the excessive grooming in spots because cats do, like, stress groom, and they do get bald spots where they stress groom. Usually it's their belly or somewhere around their hip area. They do, but these are pretty square and rigid, and I'm pretty sure, like, the fur around it is, like, kind of chopped. You know, when you go in with the razor yeah it like shears off some hairs that are right before the start okay it's it's pretty unnatural when you see pictures yeah i don't understand yeah what the point of that is it's just weird so it's so weird cats just showing up with random bald patches and well, disappearing first, that's concerning. It's just like, that what, is. what is going on during that day they're gone? Because cutting it's, that hair is not going to take 24 hours. No, and they seem pretty aggravated when they return. But at least they're not, like, besides their hair, are not physically harmed. As far as we know, I mean... As far as we know, they, like... They did say that the vets appeared not to be harmed elsewhere because I'm pretty sure they were taking the vets and everything after the mm. event. Yeah, cause I don't know. I feel like checking for like needlework or something around those areas might be worth investigating. I don't know. It seems like real sketchy. Like supervillain Batman sketchy where they're just about to finish their final concoction that ends up transforming them into some disfigured thing. It's like they're experimenting on cats or pulling DNA from them and they need certain things from them. So, I don't know. This sounds like a supervillain origin story and I'm unsettled by it being real. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so this next one is kind of reminiscent of home. You might be a real monster to steal a caravan of bright orange Tillamook cheese branded Volkswagen microbuses, yet criminals in central California, a couple hundred miles northeast of Monterey, jacked three bright orange minibuses over the weekend, stealing the vans along with the truck and trailer that carried them from the hotel parking lot in the middle of the night. While police located the stolen cheese vans, each worth about $100,000 in a storage locker and Cooper Paulus, Monday evening, the truck and trailer unfortunately suffered a far worse fate and were found severely burned. The Manassee Police Re- the Manassee Police Department reports the cheese vans were located in their original condition and appear to be on damage. Police did not disclose what led them to the storage locker in their first place. 
The Vans were in California as part of Tillamook's Loaf Love Tour, which promotes the Oregon Cooperation variety of dairy products. In a press release Monday, the company stated, We are working closely with the local Sacramento area authorities who are currently investigating the case. Manistee police are pursuing several unidentified suspects who presumably will be grilled once they're in custody. So these guys stole a two $100,000 cheese vans. Now, when you say cheese vans, I'm assuming like they were specifically like detailed or like altered or something to indicate that they're cheese vans, hence them being expensive. Uh, they're Tillamook branded cheese vans, so they represented the logo Tillamook cheese, and mm-hmm. I believe that they had the Tillamook cheese in them. Like, they were also, they had samples and stuff like that in their vans. Yeah, samples, brandings, logos, like, merch, probably. It was mm. for a cheese conference. Hmm. But still, $100,000... Vans are expensive, especially if they're custom for merch and everything. Like, I'm I'm assuming more like a food truck van. Mm, yeah, I'm thinking maybe something about, like, the cheese needing to be refrigerated might have added to that. Yeah. Possibly. Hmm. I wonder why they stole them. Some people just wanted cheese, I guess. Maybe, but... And you said something happened with a trailer and truck? Yeah, the trailer and truck that they were pulling were burnt. So they vandalized those. They completely burnt them. Okay, so the vans were on the truck. They left with the truck, took the vans off, torched the truck. Yeah. Okay. Weird. Yeah. I wonder if this is like, this sounds like they were prepping for like an Ocean's Eleven heist or something with that one something except oceans 11 it would be dairy thieves i know it would be like crazy right yeah i don't know that sounds like a pretty interesting heist but somebody's watched too many movies in that group yeah for sure it's still pretty funny just i don't know that's that's quite cheese heist it is a cheese heist i love it (laughs) All right, so the next one is pretty close by. In Utah, a Utah State patrolman were stunned to find a five-year-old boy behind the wheel of his family's vehicle on a busy interstate during a routine traffic stop on Monday. The child, who admitted he stole his parents' car keys, was determined to purchase his own Lamborghini, authorities said, confessing he was on his way to California to buy his own Italian sports car after his mother refused to give him one. Troopers first spotted the very young boy slowly weaving between lanes in a gray SUV around 11.45 a.m. near Ogden, Utah, on Monday. The child was clocked at 32 miles per hour, the investigators said. Utah Highway Patrol first suspected the driver was either intoxicated or having a medical emergency, the official statement said. They then pulled over the car to find the youngster at the wheel. How old are you, Trooper Rick Morgan, can be heard asking the child in the dashboard camera of the video of the traffic stop obtained by Oxygen.com. Five years old? You're five years old? Wow, the baffled trooper exclaimed. Where did you learn to drive a car? The child told authorities he had stolen the vehicle's keys following a dispute with his mother. 
His story is that he left home after an argument with his mom in which she told him she would not buy him a Lamborghini, the Utah Highway Patrol stated. He decided he'd take the car and go to California and buy one himself. However, troopers discovered he had only had a few bucks to his name. He might have been short on the purchase amount as he only had about $3 in his wallet, the statement added. The five-year-old drove approximately two or three miles before he was intercepted by highway patrol authorities, said. I think this young man realized he was in a little bit over his head pretty quickly, Sergeant Nick Street told Oxygen. The highway patrol spokesman said it was a miracle the five-year-old was unscathed in the incident. As much as it seems entertaining to talk about, we are so fortunate the young man wasn't hurt and that other people weren't hurt and that the property wasn't damaged. The odds and risks were so high. They startled boy appeared to be ashamed and sad during the traffic stop, investigators said. It's not clear how the child learned to drive. And again, his name was withheld for various privacy reasons and him being a minor. As a five-year-old kid, you don't want to have a run in and out with a public lob all by yourself with a police officer on a fairly busy interstate. Street said, anybody trying to recreate this scenario is going to find out the hard way that you're going to get yourself in trouble and there will be a liability for those you love and you can potentially get hurt. Street 41, who spent years patrolling Utah's interstates, described the incident as one of the most bizarre traffic stops he's ever come across in his career. In my time in the road, I can count on one hand the 12, 13, and 14-year-old drivers I've encountered, but never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that I would ever stop a five-year-old driver. Determined to go to California to purchase a Lamborghini, no less. It's just crazy. The boy won't face charges related to the alleged joyride. That's up to his mom and dad and how they want to discipline. The boy's parents could face child neglect charges, however. Weber County prosecutors are currently reviewing the charges in the case, authorities said. The family has since voiced their regret regarding the incident. Oh, I lost it. Something bad could have happened to him, the child's sister told local television on KUTV. How does a little five-year-old, 11 years younger me, do it and I can't? The family said they've since been flooded with messages of support from the Italian sports car fanatics. One generous Lamborghini owner reportedly even took the five-year-old for a spin in his luxury coupe, relatives had told Oxygen. The police told me I drive good. The young driver also told KUTV. Hmm. Okay, so hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Five-year-old gets in a fight with his mom about getting a Lamborghini. She says no. He grabs $3, hops into the car with the car keys without anybody knowing that he took them. Gets two miles while weaving around on the road. State trooper pulls him over, finds a five-year-old. Right? Uh, Three miles on the highway. And on the pulls, highway? Yeah, and pulls him over. He was going 32 on the highway. And was that like three miles... From his house, like he lived on the highway, or no? It just said three miles on the highway. Hmm. And did he ever explain how he knew how to drive? The article did not cover it. I'm assuming video games or driving simulator on like an iPad or something, because they have Maybe. those. It might be Mario Kart, because a five-year-old might have some experience with that. Yep. But, huh. um, yeah, it was kind of funny, because, again, it's like... Uh, his older sister said, like, she can't even drive yet, and he drove a car and all that. Yeah. How did he reach the pedals? Good question. I don't know. Maybe he had, like, sticks or something. 
I don't know. I don't know. But one Lamborghini fanatic did give him a joyride in a Lamborghini, so he did get his car ride that he wanted. Yeah, he got to ride in Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. Not sure you should be encouraging stealing a car. No, no. But it's kind of a funny, cute story since no one got hurt and everyone yeah, was okay. Boy, the potential. That is truly like, oh boy. Yeah. Would have been bad. Gotcha. That's nuts. It is nuts. And just nobody noticed that, like, were they already looking for him? Or did, like, the police pull him over, bring him back home, and then they found out the car was stolen? I think that's the case. So, like, that's why they were facing potential charges on, like, child neglect. Ah, that's bad. Yeah. But think about it, if it was close to home, this could be all of, like, five minutes from the argument. Yeah. Like, it could have been five minutes, and, I mean, you don't think your five-year-old's going to take the car for a ride. No, you, no <laughs> you don't. No one really thinks that, so. Is that neglect or, like, the unexpectedness of an extremely unusual circumstance? I think that's what the court cases are trying to figure out because they they said that they didn't know if they're pressing charges or not. Yeah, my goodness. Mm -hmm. So besides that one being sort of wholesome, this one next one is kind of um, it's the anti-Grinch. In Vidalia, Ohio, November 16th of 2001, police in Ohio said a man with a history of drug drug charges, allegedly broke into a house and put up Christmas decorations. Vandalia police said resident Tamara Henderson was visiting a next-door neighbor's when her 11-year-old son called to say he had arrived home to find a strange man on the couch. WHIO-TV, Dayton, Ohio, reported Wednesday. Investigators said the man, who may have been on a designer drug known as bath salts, had entered the home through the back door. Henderson, who called 911 after speaking to her son, said the man made himself at home. The candle was lit on the coffee table, the television was on very loud, and the candle on the kitchen table was also lit, Henderson said. She said he had also put up some of the family's Christmas decorations. Henderson said the man apologized to her and her son and said that he was leaving before the police arrived and placed him under arrest. It said to him, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to scare you, I'll get my things and go. Terry Trent, 44, who police said has had a history of drug charges, was taken to the Montgomery County Jail on a burglary charge. So, burglary can just mean breaking and entering, but... I don't know if it, like... I think burgle is, like... Like... Messing with someone else's property, either by taking it or not exactly vandalizing it, but without intent of violence or i think robbery is with intent of either violence or something like that right not quite so burglary can mean robbery in some jurisdictions uh just in this one it means just breaking breaking and entering burglary can be interchangeable it just depends on jurisdictions when you're charged with it Mm. i mean the only reason i say that is because in ant-man he, he says that I didn't rob a place. I burgled it. I didn't rob it. Robbing implies violence. So I thought that was kind of a universal thing across it. But I didn't know like, counties have different definitions. 
they, they do have different uh, definitions and that's like the same thing as um, uh, like the different degrees of murder too. Like mm-hmm. it can go up that to can, so many. That um, can change between states and counties and stuff like that. Yes. Yep. So same thing mm-hmm. with burglary. It's interchangeable. But you got high um, weird stuff and just like not enough decorations in this home. Yeah, because it was Gotta November. Here, gotta put some here. Christmas spirit for everybody. Oh my God, they're home. Yep, basically. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you thought it was his house or just, you know, some house on the way that didn't wasn't decorated for Christmas yet. But, mm-hmm. um, he, yeah, he made himself at home. Got you know the Christmas decor out and decorated. Mm-hmm. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Now, this one I find really, really funny because I feel like it's something like if I were a mischief person, I feel like this is something me and my engineering buddies might do. But again, I'm not. And Mm -hmm. it is kind of a harmful crime, but Mm -hmm. um, it's 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 putting stuff together and taking it apart. So. We'll kind of get into it. So what do you think about when you see a bridge? While many people would reply with absolutely nothing, it's just a bridge, the more curious may wonder how it must have been built or how people used to go from one side to another before mm. it, before bridges were invented. And at no point would any of us go, that's beautiful. How can I steal it? That is true. I think almost all of what you described has gone through my head at least once when looking at bridges. Except for the stealing one. (laughs) So, as stealing a bridge sounds like something that's not humanly possible, despite that, bridges around the world have been reported stolen overnight with very little explanation of how it was accomplished. Bridge theft has occurred in Czech Republic, England, Turkey, just to name a few countries. The aforementioned case in the Czech Republic happened in 2012 and involved the dismantling of a 10-ton bridge that had covered 198 meters, which is about 650 feet of track. Holy crap! That's a giant bridge. I was thinking, like, a footbridge or something like that, and just, like, suddenly there, like, there was a bridge here. I guess we'll have to go around a different way now. And just, like... But that's, like... A motorway bridge. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big bridge. And it was in one night. It was in one night, which is a feat on its own. Think about how long it takes to build a bridge. Like an entire summer. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes me think, somebody needs to contact these people and see if they can build Rome in three days. Yeah. Because that that seems like it's possible with that kind of speed. Maybe it's just destructive type stuff because you said steel. Does that mean they rebuilt it somewhere? I Just the parts were stolen from it. Okay. Yeah. So, but they had to take it apart in one day. So they had to know like how it was set up to take it apart, you know, without like killing themselves. This sounds like Despicable Me grew stuff. It does. 
Because, right. like, yeah, you got to think about, like, how do you dismantle it? How do you transport it? And most importantly, like, how do you do it without anyone noticing? Yeah. Like, I am going to steal the Great Pyramids. Where are you going to put it? What, what, how? It's just, that sounds like a cartoon. And there's so many questions as to why. And how. It's just, it's hilarious. Oh. Okay, go on with the rest. I need to hear the rest. So so that is the rest. We don't know how they were done or whatever happens to them. Just that bridges have been disappearing throughout many countries. And it's kind of becoming a fad. A fad? What? Yeah. This? No. Audie, no. No. I refuse. No. Not allowed. Don't do it. What? Why? What is the point? What is gained from this? You just... oh. It's just I'm, that you can... I am upset by this. Why am I upset about this? This is... I think it's oh. cool because like, people are just thinking, like, I wonder if I can do that. And then they did. And yeah. And I mean, oh. they're not hurting anyone. They're hurting like traffic, but like not anyone... That could hurt a lot of people in a way. I mean, those are like known routes and like fires, emergency services might depend on them to get to somewhere in time. There is potential harm in this. That That is true. That is true. I and didn't, like, I didn't yeah. think about that, but yeah. No, I, well, that's exactly, that's right where my mind went. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, I'm, granted... So many questions. It's extremely impressive. Don't do it, though. Yeah. I obviously, don't do it. Like, I don't know if this is, like, some now-you-see-me movie bullcrap. I love those oh, movies. I, they are I so love cool. those movies, too, but, like, this shouldn't be done in real life. That just fucks with still my stuff. Oh. Yeah. I like the second one, how Daniel Radcliffe's the villain. Like, I just think him being a villain is funny. I do, too. It's pretty interesting in that it's like a magic-related thing and he's the bad guy. Just hit so many irony points for me. However, mm-hmm. I'm upset that they didn't name the sequel Now You Don't. Yeah. That was terrible planning on their part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Okay, we better go to another one before I get back into my upset mode with... Bridges disappearing. Yeah, so this one. Why did that trigger me? I don't, <laughs> I, did, know. I don't know. I I I find it very interesting, and I want to know how they've done it. Like, uh, I do too. At the same time, but I'm like still like triggered. <laughs> but I, I don't. Yeah. I don't even have like a fondness for bridges itself, or roadways, or traffic in general. I don't know. I think I have to like therapy about this or something to figure out why that made me upset yeah oh my god that's weird (laughs) sorry i did not mean to trigger you (laughs) i didn't know it would so we found something out about me today interesting yeah and (laughs) well also therapy is good for everyone everyone should go it's it's great it helps it does help um (laughs) so our last one, instead of a criminal case, that's or a funny case or funny crime, 
how about a funny law? So this one. Like like one of those like really old timey ones or new one? Kind of. 1969-ish law. Oh, that's that's a newer one for sure. I yeah. was thinking like mid to early 1800s because there are some funky laws from that time. There are. There are. I think Wisconsin has one like apple pie is illegal to be served without a piece of cheese or something like that. But I, I have no idea. I know each state has like some crazy laws and it's just nobody actually follows them. But like nobody's redacted them from the books either, which is why they're still in there. Gotcha. That's so weird. Like I think there's one of them that you're not allowed to rake on Thursdays in a certain state. Ah, uh, yeah. Is that what what I, I don't get it, but yeah, 1960s for this one. Yep, 1969. Um, this takes place in Skaminia County in Washington, so kind of the northwest area. So Skaminia County has a law against killing Bigfoot. In 1969, Skaminia County created Ordinance 1969-01, and that was a law that banned people from killing Bigfoot, should they ever find it. If they did, it would be considered a felony, and the killer would be charged with five years in prison. Originally, it may have been meant as a joke, as the Board of County Commissioners created the ordinance on April 1st of 1969. However, when more hoaxes came that claimed Bigfoot was real, more people were headed to the Pacific Northwest with the intention to track down and hunt Bigfoot. That meant that the county saw plenty of visitors armed with lethal weapons. Seeing the weapons hunters brought became a threat to the locals, and the fact that there were no national or state laws about these hunting firearms, the board decided to change the current standing ordinance, but made a few changes to the law. Under Ordinance 1984-2, the board recognized that there was some evidence that Bigfoot was hiding in their area, which led to an influx of both scientific investigators and hunters. To protect both tourists and locals, and at the same time, write a law in such a way that didn't deny people their Second Amendment, the board amended the law so that less people would enter their county carrying firearms. The law states that Skamania County was a Sasquatch refuge since Bigfoot was an endangered species, so people were not allowed to hunt him there. People who try may be punished with a gross misdemeanor or a misdemeanor and may be fined with a year in county jail or for up to one year or a fine of $1,000. The real purpose behind the law, so it's highly likely that the board didn't really believe Bigfoot exists. However, the way that they write their law, people looking to hunt Bigfoot will have to take their firearms and weapons to another county. Scientists looking to find and study but not kill Bigfoot, however, is still welcome to visit. This only maintains that their tourism and notoriety for having a law about Bigfoot, but it decreases the amount of people with lethal firearms in the county without explicitly saying so. This goes to show the brilliance of Skamania County's board. The law banning Bigfoot's death not only improves publicity, but bolsters tourism as they egg on the possibility that Bigfoot exists, having a law about Bigfoot. But they provide their community with more safety as people intent on hunting Bigfoot will have to look elsewhere. So if a law pops up that seems weird, take a look at the effects the law provides. Chances are it was approved for a very specific reason. I mean, 
as soon as you mentioned it, my first thought was just like, well, if it is real, it would be an endangered species, and that's illegal in and of itself, right? Exactly. Like, you don't want to hunt endangered species, and I don't get Bigfoot, like, hunters that want to hunt and kill. Like, I mean, just, like, provide and study, like, capture, study, capture, release, I guess. Uh, I think, like, that's kind of where I'm thinking with, like, actual study of it, but then there's, like... There are those, like, challenge hunters where it's just like, I want to hunt something that is so elusive that we're not even sure it's real. And if I get it, I will be known as one of the greatest hunters of all time type thing. I don't know. Probably more of, like, a glory-seeking thing for that. But also, yeah, just... The reduction of, like, people wandering the woods with firearms, possibly shooting at something that walks on two legs. You might want to reduce that. Yeah. other things in the woods might be walking on two legs, and that would be bad if yeah. you shot them. No kidding. And mm-hmm. this may be a touchy subject for you, which I can edit out if it is. But didn't you put on your Bigfoot costume and, like, walk in front of cars in high school as, like, one of your dumb things? Oh, yeah, that was on Halloween. Okay, this is kind of the story. Yeah. None of us were charged with anything. So I don't (laughs) think this counts as a possible incrimination thing. Okay, if you're good to tell it on air, like, feel free to tell it. But if not, I can edit out that question. I mean, no, we we could leave this in because this is a funny story that almost turned into a crime. Okay. But essentially, Halloween night, high schoolers, what do you do? You can't go trick-or-treating because that's for teeny tiny kids. And then the adults that give you candy if you're still trick-or-treating at that age give you weird looks. And you don't want weird looks. So what do you do? You hang out with your friends and do creepy stuff and stuff like that. So that year... Actually, I think the year before, I had bought myself a gorilla costume, a full body gorilla costume that had like fur all the way down, full body suit. It was a pretty awesome costume. It was. And just like, we had that and it was fun. And so I hate to admit that this was my idea. And we planned ahead to do this by, I think, like four days before it happened. But it was me. There were two others, but I don't want to mention them in case this does get in trouble. Oh, I don't think there is. I can take uh, said name out. And we essentially parked on top of the hill by the soccer field. Because it was, I think, my senior year, not junior year, senior year, last year in high school, wanted to do something fun. Halloween night, parked up by the soccer field that was near an elementary school, about 300 yards away from a pretty relatively busy street. Relative for a first. small town. Yeah, relative for Spooner. Yeah, and it's, like, just where the city meets the woods. Like, where you end up going out into the country versus city limits. Right on that edge. And we, I chose that spot in particular. You see, this is how I planned it out. 
I chose this spot in particular because we could have one lookout who was at the top of the hill where the playground and stuff was so you could see if cars were coming from one direction. And another car you could see from that same spot in the other direction over the hill and behind that if any cars were turning towards us or coming from afar. We had a perfect lookout spot to see who was coming. We had one person in a suit. And we had one person that was hiding in the bushes near the road where the person in the suit would start. Who was essentially in contact with the lookout. And then one person who was waiting in the driver's seat in case we needed to get out fast. And we would rotate each roll so everybody had a chance in the suit. And we would wait for a car to come... And it was like, it's not a fast road. Like, it would go from 25 to 45, and it was to that, like, where that transition is. So people from 45 were already slowed down, and people were going 25, not quite 45. It was a safe area to do this. We really thought this through. And what we would do is, once we saw a car was coming, the person in the gorilla suit would start moving out of the bush and across the street, Bigfoot style, so that we were just out of, like, the range of the the car lights, where they would might see a shadow, but by the time that they caught up to where they could see us, we were on the other side of the road and going into the wood line. Now, we did this, I think, a total of somewhere between 12 and 18 times, before a state patrol officer showed up. <laughs> I re- okay, so I remember Dad getting the call and him just being pissed. Oh, I bet he was. I bet he was. Because everybody, Dad knew everybody, including the officers. So hearing that his kid orchestrated this... Probably upset him a little bit. I know More you got grounded, bit. like, at, and, like, none of us had gotten grounded for a while, at least. Yeah. Um, like, I mean. Gabby dated the pirate, but, like. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I feel like that's the story for her to tell if you ever want to ask her. But, anyway. Yeah. There's, like, the state patrol officer came up, saw us in transition of switching roles where one person was getting out of the gorilla suit and another person was starting to put it on. So as soon as he walked up, he knew exactly what happened. But he essentially said, who are you? Got our IDs, got our names, said, knock it off and get out of here because they don't want to get any more calls about Bigfoot. (laughs) (laughs) How many calls did, did he say how many calls they got? I don't remember. I think it was less than 10 calls, but more than 10 cars had stopped to see if, like, try to look into the woods where the person walked in. I think a few of them just didn't quite notice us or, like, just missed it or something like that. But, yeah. Don't do that if you're a kid. Because, yeah, we didn't think that maybe there could be some Bigfoot enthusiast hunters who just like, there's Bigfoot, I gotta get him. That could be dangerous. 
especially <laughs> in rural <laughs> Wisconsin. Yeah, like, like there's there's a lot of people with guns. Yeah. So, yeah. Luckily, it was a black gorilla costume, so the shadows really helped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. But, I don't know, it was... I knew I was in trouble, but I also felt proud, so I hope you don't get too mad at me saying that, Dad. But, yeah. That would be my one extremely dumb crime. That was really funny. But, yeah, I just remember that story from high school, and it being like, kind of like a dumb, funny story. Oh, yeah. It was it was definitely a dumb, funny. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where the idea got inspired from, how it happened, but as soon as it, like, was Kate. mentioned, it had to be followed through. And we, like, planned everything out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know that since I was a freshman that year, your senior year, I know that made our, its way around the school. Yeah. Well, I mean, because some of the people involved were sophomores. I think there was one junior, and then there was me. I don't think we had any freshmen in there. Maybe we did. Anywho, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you shared that with us, John John. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm going to regret that, but we'll see. I'll beep out the names that we talked about, and um, we'll kind of go from there. Okie doke. Yeah. So, again, I just wanted to announce that our merch store is now up, and look out on the socials for Patreon, because we'll have Patreon up shortly, and we'll be doing a weekly segment uh, called John John's Cryptic Corner, so keep an eye out for that. Um, And... Hooray. Yeah. Hooray for Cryptid Corners. So I just want to thank you guys again for listening and hope you guys enjoyed episode 50 of Funny, Funny Crimes. And please stay tuned for our bonus episode of Fireside Tales. I am, I'm looking forward to it. He's not, but he's going to have been sitting through anyway. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So thank you guys for listening and we'll see you in the bonus episode and then next week. So bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wish me luck. Woo. Thank you for listening to Violent Vice Podcast. Cover art is by Colton Griffith. Music by Annabelle Rayback. And research done by Corinne Drybildis. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Violent Vice Podcast or on Twitter at Violent Vice. That's V-I-L-E-A-N-D-V-I-C-E. No ampersands here. If you want to help support the show, please do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash Vice, or give us a once-off donation on PayPal with our email, valandvice at gmail.com. Again, that's V-I-L-E-A-N-D-V-I-C-E to keep the spooky stories coming. Thank you.